Hey everyone, it's Cheryl and Tony, and welcome to this Monday morning edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. Excellent. How about that game last night, huh? <laughs> yeah, amazing. Wow, such a great victory for the team, huh? Right. Go football. <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is we're recording this on Sunday afternoon, so we have no idea how the game went or who won. Well, we will. We will later. We're going to watch it. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win? 49ers. Do you even know the other team that's playing? So you only know the 49ers? Yeah. It's the 49ers in Kansas City. Good. I'm glad I didn't guess my other guess. All right. What was your other guess? Like the Steelers. The Patriots. Patriots No, I knew it's not the Patriots. Okay. All right. Lots Um, of stories today. Yeah. So let's start with the uh, football story. Yes. Which, what was the football story? That tomorrow... Uh, on Monday, February 3rd, Disney Parks Live is going to broadcast the Super Bowl celebration from Walt Disney World, which will include um, the star player, the MVP from last night's Super Bowl game, uh, being in a celebratory parade down Main Street. He will, of course, be accompanied with uh, Mickey Mouse. Uh, the parade is scheduled to begin around 2.40 p.m. I will not be, we will not be available to live stream it uh you know, live, but uh, the rebroadcast will be available. So if you're a football fan or your team wins and maybe it's Patrick Mahomes or Jimmy Garoppolo, who knows who the MVP is going to be, um, you know, we'll, we'll post the link to the, the rebroadcast tomorrow. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. In Cruise Line news, um, the Disney Magic is adding more concierge staterooms. How are they going about that? They are. Well, they are taking some staterooms that are already in existence uh, and adding them. They are staterooms... Uh, on the eighth on, on the eighth deck, uh, there's 12 of them. Uh, they are g- being converted into Category V, which are uh, concierge family ocean view staterooms with veranda accommodations. They were currently um, uh, deluxe family ocean view staterooms with verandas. So okay. they're just taking a different section of the of the ship and, and turning them into veranda rooms. So they're not really, probably not really, do, they might be, they're probably updating some of the finishes inside. Right. But and usually the size they, is probably the same. Size is going to be the same, but they also usually have that nicer finish on the outside wall. It's, it's that. Mm-hmm, they're changing out the doors. The glossier, the wood, wood, doors. wood look, the walnut wood, walnut look, I guess it is. Mm-hmm. Um, now I can't remember if on the magic, where the concierge rooms are. I don't, they're not, they didn't have. So on the Dream and the Fantasy, there's a they're totally in a separate section. There's actually a separate door to go in to access the concierge rooms. That's not the case on the Magic and the Wonder. Uh, I only know this because we've always done the the fish extender exchanges, right. and it was kind of a big deal when they had this area that was sort of blocked off. Um, they have like you know it's like a, a gate. A gate, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was like, well, how are you supposed to deliver your stuff? Well, they actually do leave it open. But I do remember that that was an issue, and it had not been an issue on the the uh, Magic and the Wonder. So mm-hmm. theirs are just sort of out and about. Right. I don't know. Are they all on? I don't know if the other concierge staterooms are all on eight. Well, that's what I was. That's where I was going with this. Is I can't remember if they're at if they're going down one deck. Yeah. Um, which would kind of be in, inconvenient because most of the concierge level rooms are on one deck and the club, the lounge is right there and all of the concierge services are right there. I'm guessing it's probably, they're just, it probably stops concierge and then starts those regular rooms and it's probably just extending it yeah. it out. But I don't know, we'd have to look more closely at that. Excellent. Well, you did mention the magic, I'm sorry, the, the dream and the wonder, which has a little restaurant named Remy on it. 
The dream and the fantasy. What did I say? The dream Imagine, and the wonder. The dream and the wonder. Yeah, I'm a little drunk. <laughs> uh, so the dream and the fantasy have a restaurant named Remy. And Remy's chef, um, who is Chef Arnaud, was recently named one of the 10 best chefs in the world um, by a bunch of Michelin chefs. Um, he was based upon the values of the cooking profession and the exceptional cuisine featured in his restaurant. He is also world-renowned for the three-star restaurant he owns uh, just outside of Reims, France, called La Sette Champenois. Um, so uh, Chef Arnaud collaborates with Chef Scott Honnell from Victoria and Alberts to create the menu at Remy. And uh, hey, congratulations to him. He's one of the world's 10 best chefs. I'll never eat in Remy because it's a, a cuisine that I'm not really too fond of. Yeah. Um, someday when I cruise with a foodie, right. I would like to try it there. Um on this previous cruise, we went to Palo. Um, two cruises ago, we did Palo for dinner. Yes. It didn't go great two cruises ago. You got sick, so I guess that sort of threw a wrench in the works. Maybe it was right. a little choppy. It's up um, on the top uh, deck, so if there's movement, you really feel it up there. On this cruise, uh, we did my – what is my favorite is the brunch at Palo. Um I don't know. We, I fall back on that every time. Yeah. And as a platinum cruiser, you get a free meal at Apollo. Uh, you still pay a gratuity, um, but your $40 fee to dine there per person uh, is waived. Right. And so, Paolo, Paolo exists on each of the four ships. So if you want Paolo, you can get it on whatever ship you're on. And like we mentioned, Remy is only on the Dream and the Fantasy. Right. And it's a bigger surcharge to eat at Remy. Yeah, the surcharges have gone up a lot on the uh, specialty dining on the Disney Cruise Line. When we first started going to Palo, it was $10 a person. Right. And that was thought widely to include a gratuity. Like that that $10 per person was, you know, you've already paid for your food. Um, that it was just, it was a gratuity. And now not only has it gone up incrementally, it went to 20, it went to 25, it went to 30. Uh, now it's at 40. Um, and they make it clear. Actually, I heard when we were um, when we were dining, when we were finishing up, I heard another server bring the check over to a different table and say that the fee to dine did not include a gratuity. Said that outright to the mm -hmm. people. So um, I guess it doesn't include a gratuity. Um, at $40 a person, you're going to brunch, you're paying $80 to sit at brunch, and then you need to tip an additional... Fifteen to twenty dollars a person, basically, right. on top of that. So it's not an inexpensive experience, but um, especially the brunch, very worth it. Yeah, I love it. Lots of food options there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we were on a three night cruise uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's the first three night cruise we did. Hold on, here we go, meandering into our vacation memories. Yeah, that's okay. Do you, does that, do you have a problem with that? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> How did you feel about the three night? The first time we've ever done it. Uh, well, I actually did a three-night before with oh, a bunch that's of travel right, you agents. Did. Mm -hmm. And I find the three-night to be a bit of a tease mm. uh, because it, it's almost like, for me, just when you're getting settled into the routine, it's time to pack up because you pack up the night before so that they can take your luggage before you disembark that final day. So you really get two full days. Then that third day, you're kind of scrambling around at night to finish your packing. And then day four, you're off the ship. Mm -hmm. I like four days. I think between four and seven is ideal. That being said, I also can't wait to do the, you know, 
14 night Panama Canal mm-hmm. repositioning cruise. I don't know if I'll make it. I still want to do a Panama Canal cruise, but I don't know if I'll make it 14 nights on the ship. Right. Um, I really, really liked the three night. I like the dream. I like the length of those cruises, three and four nights. Four nights is probably more ideal, but I don't like that the four night on the dream is just during the week. It's Monday right. through Friday. Mm-hmm. So it really doesn't work well with kids' schedules or um, or my schedule. Yeah. And then the nice matter. the nice thing about those three nights is they're Friday to Monday. So if you've got a three-day weekend, and it, like we did, we went on Martin Luther King weekend, that Monday was a day off for the girls. Saturday and Sunday was, of course, the weekend. And Friday, they, we you know, them out of is, is it, Lily missed one day of school. She missed Friday. Yep. So that wasn't that wasn't bad. So that was a, a nice thing to do. And it's nice to be able to combine with maybe a Disney World trip, mm-hmm. um, you know, to do both, which we sort of did. We ended up doing the one day in the Magic Kingdom right. um, when we came back. Um, and to that, we did another thing we did for the very first time was the express walk-off. Um, we've never done that. So we usually pack up our stuff the night before, uh, you leave it outside, you have to remember to make sure you leave your uh, shoes and your clothes for the next day so that you don't have to go to breakfast in your pajamas. We go to the restaurant where we had our last dinner and we see our servers one last time and say goodbye. And we're usually off the ship. We do second dining, so our breakfast is a little bit later. So we're usually off the ship about 9, 9.15. This time we really wanted to get off quickly because we wanted to get to the Magic Kingdom. So we did the express walk-off, which I really kind of liked. Would you do it again? Probably not. I know. You like to see those servers. I like to see the servers. I like a nice leisurely pace. It's not I, – I actually found it more leisurely. Because usually we're just – we're headed to the airport and it's not a big deal. We usually – or we're headed to a resort and it's a multi-stay thing. So we're under no time constraints to get there. We were leaving at 8 p.m. the day we got off the ship. So that means we had to be at the airport by 6, which means we had to leave uh, wherever we were around 5, 5.30. So the difference between getting there at 10 – 10.30 and getting there at 9 is an hour and a half of park time. Yeah. And usually when you're in the parks, that first hour and a half is kind of like the dream time uh, because all the toddlers yeah. and people with larger families take a while to roll into the parks. And by 10.30, they're usually there. So the, the you know lines get longer and waits get longer and the crowds get bigger. So we really wanted to get to the parks as early as we could. Like I said, though, I wouldn't normally rush off the ship like that. But you did say that you part of the what you don't like about the three night is that whole night before having to get everything packed up. We didn't have to do that. We didn't. Because we didn't have to put our bags out the night before. So you really, for a three or a four night, like you can enjoy that last day up until, you know, kind of the end. You want to like maybe, you know, gather some things and get started. You don't want to try to do all your packing in the morning, which we did, but you don't have to worry about leaving the right things out. You know, if you screw something up like that, you, know, right. you don't you, you don't have so much have to worry about that. And you can be doing it later at night. Because the bags have to be out by a certain time. Right, by and 10. By 10. And we do late dining. So a lot of times we don't come back to our room from dining until 9.45, close to 10. So yep. that means we have to have our bags packed before dinner. So this was – I really liked being able to just have our bags with us and walk right off. So okay. that was nice. And I didn't realize uh, – I went up to Cabana's in that direction to go grab coffee in the morning because I knew that the coffee stations were open. And the buffet was open. It wasn't the full um, – buffet like they would normally have in a morning, but they had, you know, bacon and eggs and, um, I don't know if they, I think they had like pancakes. 
Because you could have grabbed me a box of uh, Frosted Flakes while you were up there. Yeah, they had yeah cereal, of course. Um, but they had a they had a pretty decent buffet. Mm-hmm. And if we had been ready, if everybody was ready, we could have gone up and eaten breakfast right. up there um, one last time. But anyway, uh, we had a really nice time. And but more about the cruise. What was our what was the itinerary? We did the three night. Typically goes to Nassau and Castaway Key. This was unique in that it did not do Nassau. So we had a day at sea instead. So it was just the day at sea and the day at Castaway Key, which was kind of ideal. Uh, It allowed us to do the brunch at um, Palo. They don't offer that if there's no sea days. So a three night typically wouldn't get that. Uh, So that was nice. And then they also offered all the activities that they would typically offer on a sea day, the towel folding and the drawing classes. And I think you miss a lot of that on the three night usually because – you know, they don't do them on port days. Right. So, yeah, it was it was good. I would definitely do it again. But I did like that itinerary where you uh, skip Nassau. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so if you're looking to cruise out of Port Canaveral, uh, the two ships that are there year-round are the Dream and the Fantasy. They are the newest of Disney ships. They hold about 4,000 guests. And the Fantasy has a weekly itinerary that is a seven-night cruise. It goes Saturday to Saturday. And they usually alternate between Eastern and Western Caribbean itineraries. Uh, and then, like Cheryl mentioned earlier, the Dream just does three and four night, usually three and four night Bahamian itineraries. So it's usually Nassau, Castaway Key, and a day at sea, or you know, no day at sea, depending upon the length of the of the trip. Yeah. So they both leave out of Port Canaveral, uh, which is very close to Walt Disney World. You can fly into Orlando International Airport. And if you're interested in any of those cruises, you can, as always, contact your favorite travel agent, who happens to be talking to you right now. Yay. All right. Um, so something we didn't have to deal with, but we came close uh, to having to deal with is the at the Bahamas, they're actually limiting access to their ports um, because of the coronavirus. So what are they doing as part of limiting this access? So the Bahamas will not allow anyone to disembark, to disembark in a Bahamian port of call if they have been to mainland China in the past 20 days. Wow. That's kind of a bummer, I guess, if, it is. Uh, especially if you're coming over from China for a vacation. Right. <laughs> or more importantly, if you happen to be a Chinese crew member who just rejoined the ship. Yeah, right. Or you flew through China. Right. You went from Nepal to China to... You think it counts if you fly through? Yes. Oh, yeah, probably. Because, if you right, if you, if you stop there, then different people get on the plane. Right. I mean, if you fly over, probably no. not. <laughs> no, probably not. Um, and then similar to that, uh, Disney Cruise Line is also increasing their guest screening because of the coronavirus. That's right. So Disney uh, has informed their guests that if you have traveled through or from mainland China in the past 14 days, you will not be al- allowed to board the ship. Guests or crew members who have traveled through or from mainland China or who have been in direct contact with someone who has a suspected case or confirmed case of coronavirus in 14 days prior to beginning the cruise are asked to call the cruise line and contact them. Hmm. I wonder what they're going to do with them. Stick them in quarantine? Maybe. For, probably. It's happened before. They keep them on shore and they get a hotel room and they quarantine them. And, right. Um, also, uh, as a side note, the State Department has uh, issued a level four travel advisory, which means that uh, they recommend no one should travel to China. Do you think? Yeah, no. Not yeah. going there. All right. Um, and one last story about the coronavirus. Um, the way they're taking photos there is where, changing. Where would there be? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, not in China because the, Ch- the Chinese parks are closed. But in Tokyo, they are changing the way that they're they're doing um, character 
interactions. That's right. There are no interactions. They, <laughs> well. they have suspended character meet and greets. Um, so characters are still in the park, you know, face characters and costumed characters. Um, you can meet them, but you can no longer greet them. Uh, so it is a, uh, instead of a meet and greet, it's like a wave and, uh, uh, you know, blow a kiss to, I guess. I don't know. Right. Uh, so they will pose for pictures, but you cannot pose with them. Mm-hmm. You cannot come in contact with them. You will not get any type of one-on-one interaction. And that is at the Tokyo Disney Resort. Now, Cheryl did mention that the Hong Kong Disneyland Resort, that the park is closed. Um, and I think we've mentioned last week that the resorts are remain were remaining open. Uh, but Hong Kong Disneyland is now closing their resort hotels, um, which is... No, the resort restaurants. I'm sorry, the resort restaurants inside their hotels. Uh, you know, well, I, I think, it's tough because the resorts are open and people are there. People are still going. I think they left the resorts open and I don't think people are going. I think they left the resorts open because they have the situation where people maybe either were already staying there or were like scheduled to arrive, you know, within a day or two. And it was kind of, you know, maybe hard for people to cancel or they wanted to keep options open. But I'm guessing there are very few people left staying at those resorts right now. Right. So, you know, again, they're, they're maybe not shutting down the hotel yet um, because you don't want to put people out on the street. Right. But, you know, to be able to close down the restaurants, they, I'm sure there's, they still have some food offerings so people aren't starving. But um, right. They may be delivering it to rooms. And right. Not, they don't exactly. want people to eat together. Maybe. But, um, All right. So if you're in a, if you're in Hong Kong Disneyland and you're stuck in a resort, let us know what's going on. <laughs> I think the chances of one of our hundred listeners being stuck at the uh, Hong you Kong never Disney know. resort are pretty small. You never know. All right, but on to happier news about uh, parks that can be visited. How about PhotoPass? Sure. So we mentioned back in December that PhotoPass is celebrating their 15th anniversary. And during 2020, they're going to celebrate the time with limited photo opportunities. Uh, they are adding some additional magic shots for nighttime available from February 1st to April 19th. Uh, and they're generally one in each park. Um, so the Tree of Life has some funky illumination around it with some like animal spirits uh, Tower of Terror just has some extra, I don't know, lights. dazzle and yeah. lights. The Magic Kingdom uh, extra magic shot is really cool because it's a, a glowing set of mouse ears that appears over the photograph, um, which they do on Main Street. So it looks like the castle is wearing ears. Yeah, or like there's a really cool firework going off behind the castle. Right. Uh, Epcot, it's just some extra neon around uh, Spaceship Earth. And then they've also added some additional props, you know, glass slippers, lanterns, and whatnot. So uh, if you're going to be in the park, you might want to get one of those magic shots. Nice. We're going to have to try to squeeze ours in yeah. if, we, if we do that April trip. And opening up next month, I can't believe it's almost, you, you can say next month because it seems so far away, mm-hmm. is Mickey and Mickey's run, Minnie and Mickey's Runaway Railway. Very cool. Um, big milestone there is the trainers have started training guests, uh, uh, sorry, cast members, on how to operate the ride, and um, included in that training was new Disney World president Josh DeMauro, uh, which is very big. He joined Disney uh, World in November. He came over from Disneyland. Um, His goal is to improve cast morale. Uh, Walt Disney World Resort employs 77,000 people, so obviously you want to keep your employees happy. Um, Under his leadership, they have a ton of stuff going on uh, related to the 50th anniversary of uh, the resort. So he's going to be very busy and you're going to want all of these people uh, to be happy. Um, So, you know, good for him. 
I think if your employees are happy, that just funnels right down to the guests. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Soren over California is returning to Disney's California Adventure for the Food and Wine Festival. I think that's nice news. I think it's funny that they so often bring back that um, that film because pe- I think people prefer it, especially in California. Right. You know, that's the whole point of California Adventure. Yeah. And then now they had changed the film. So I think any opportunity they have to bring it back, they do. So that will be back for the Food and Wine Festival over there. Speaking of shows that keep returning because people like them, uh, Great Moments in American History by the Muppets. I'm sorry, the Muppets present Great Moments in American History. Is returning to the Magic Kingdom during President's Day weekend in February. Uh, they will be doing their show, which will be the Midnight Ride of Paul Revere from February 15th through the 17th. Uh, that takes place in Liberty Square, and show times vary between uh, ten o'clock and five fifteen. I so wish we were going to be down there for that. I, know. I never did get to see that. Maybe they'll come back for Easter while we're out there. Maybe. Who knows? I mean, you know what? They do t- tend to bring them back when the parks are extra busy. Yes. So who knows? I feel like they should have been back on Martin Luther King Day when we were there, and it was a zoo. That would have been nice. I know. Well, yeah, we're yeah we were in the Magic Kingdom. We were. Yeah. All right, so I guess that's our show. Okay. Hope you enjoyed the game. And until tomorrow, I'm Tony. I'm Cheryl. And you've been listening to the Disney Drive Time Podcast.